Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome again to another edition of the Pigskin Past. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. And tonight we're going to conclude our uh, three-team, almost making it to the Super Bowl teams uh, programs by talking about the 1979 Los Angeles Rams. Perhaps no other team throughout the entire decade of the 1970s in the NFL was as hard to figure out as the 1979 Los Angeles Rams. They had suffered throughout the year with injuries to many of their key players. In fact, a total of 19 of their players had injuries during that year, many of which kept those guys out of action for much of the season. They were soundly defeated by the likes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New Orleans Saints. What is even more incredible about this Rams team is that they were able to win enough games to make the playoffs even though they were akin to virtual NFL nomads. They were soon to be evicted. Their lease with the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum would run out at the end of the year and they would be moving to nearby Anaheim to begin the 1980s. Well, the 79 Rams, they were also a living soap opera. Their new owner was the first female team owner in pro football history. Her name was Georgia Frontieri, and she inherited the team just before the season began after her husband, team owner Carol Rosenblum, drowned while swimming in the Pacific Ocean. There were some people who contend that he was actually murdered, but the official statement of the cause of his death was an accidental drowning. It appeared as if the Rams were going to drown too in the middle of their season in 79. Their starting quarterback was Pat Hayden, but he was put on injured reserve after an injury ended his year. Jeff Rutledge got a chance to start a couple of games. He managed to throw a key interception in a loss to the Bears. Eventually, Los Angeles head coach Ray Malavese settled on a signal caller named Vince Veragamo near the end of the year. Just when you thought that you could read into the 1979 Rams, they turned in one of the greatest defensive performances of the ages in a 24-0 shutout win at Seattle. It was so great that it is doubtful that any defense in this current age or in the future will ever equal it as the Rams permitted the Seahawks, who were having their best year of their young existence at that time, they permitted them to just minus seven yards in total offense. That's negative yardage for an entire game. Rushing, passing, returns, you name it. Negative seven yards. Just incredible. Offenses in the earliest days of the sport managed to get more yardage than that. And I'm talking the 1920s, okay? Three yards in a cloud of dust. One run gets you more than that. 
The Rams' defense on that day permitted Seattle to just get one first down all game long. Now, such a performance makes some of their other results extremely confusing. Their final 9-7 record belied the fact that they were playing in the NFC Western Division. If they were placed in another more competitive division, they would undoubtedly have not landed in the postseason in 79. But such was their luck, if you can call it that. Their first playoff game in the NFC Divisional Playoffs was at Dallas against the defending NFC Champion Cowboys, a team that had routed them earlier in the 79 season by a score of 30-6. Well, Los Angeles' luck in that playoff game, however, was much better than it was during their earlier meeting. In fact, one could certainly ascribe that the Rams' 21-19 victory over the Cowboys in this playoff game was pure good luck and nothing else. Rams quarterback Vince Ferragamo, who did not play in the earlier meeting against Dallas, played like a seasoned veteran, but he did get lucky. His receivers were seemingly catching everything that came near them. One of those passes was a deep pass down the middle just a second before halftime. Ron Smith was double covered by two Dallas defensive backs when he leaped for the ball. Somehow, someway, he came down with it to complete a 43-yard scoring bomb and he gave the Rams a 14-5 halftime lead. Now Dallas was scratching their head over that and they regrouped and they retook a 19-14 lead with less than two minutes left in the game. That's when the Rams' good luck really came into play. Ferragamo launched a missile of the pass down the middle of the field from midfield, the 50-yard line. A Dallas linebacker tried to go for the game-clinching interception, but instead he tipped the ball right into the hands of Rams wide receiver Billy Waddy, who didn't break stride as he caught the ball and sprinted into the end zone. The Rams thus advanced into the NFC title game, where they easily defeated the Cinderella Tampa Bay Buccaneers 9-0. It would be the first time that the Rams had ever won a conference title game. They would become the first team with a regular season record of 9-7 to reach a Super Bowl. Now, the Rams just fell one game short of their ultimate dream in 1979 by losing Super Bowl XIV to the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 31-19. But the Rams were an incredible story that year, to be sure. Perhaps the most inspirational story of the year. Their defensive team leader, defensive end Jack Youngblood, played throughout the playoffs with a broken leg. A freaking broken leg! Few are the stories of courage in pro football that can match that. The 1979 Los Angeles Rams, a team with injuries galore, but a team that was an inspiration to get as far as they got in the final season of the decade of the 1970s. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Pigskin Past. I hope to, you know, talk to you again soon. Take care. Joe Zagorski signing out. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. 
This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.